In the 1990s, outside of Houston, Texas, the mysteries as to who was committing multiple murders of young women and girls continued to baffle everyone, including investigators. With the unsolved cases from the 70s and 80s continuing to haunt them, police and families didn't dare relinquish hope as they persisted in the hunt for something, anything that could help them convict the killers who were responsible. Little did they know the murders were far from over. You're now entering a cruel world, a world of the Texas killing fields, with land that is close enough for one to hear the roaring sound of tires on the bustling freeway of I-45, yet far enough away to drown out any sounds of screams. I'm Jen Schaefer, and this is Crude Axe, Murder in an Oil Town. This is part three of a series on the infamous Texas killing fields, fields that have been a dumping ground for multiple serial killers since the 1970s. We're back in the 1990s, where the list of both victims and suspects sadly keeps growing, where more girls went missing, more bones were found, and police had even more work ahead of them. The victims' names that we're gonna go over are Lynette Bibbs, Tamara Fisher, Crystal Baker, Laura Smither, and Jessica Kane. All girls were abducted, assaulted, and murdered, their bodies found in abandoned fields we call the Texas Killing Fields. They were all so young, with their whole lives ahead of them. And here on this episode, we're going to go over what happened to these girls, and even the men who have had to face the music, one as recently as this past year, 2021. This is a murder in three acts. Act one, they were all so young. The weight of all the cases from the Texas killing fields is heavy. I can imagine for all involved, it's difficult to breathe under the immense pressure of the need to solve them. I can see how even when you do catch your breath, the tainted air still stings your lungs, leaves a lasting punch feeling to the sternum, the shell of a broken heart. These cases are as maddening as they are sad. The more I read about them, the more troubled I am. But the reality is, anyone could have been any of them. Like the case of Lynette Bibb and her friend Tamara Fisher, the 14 and 15-year-old were last seen with a 22-year-old companion who claimed to have taken the two girls to a nightclub and then dropped them off at a motel on Old Spanish Trail in Houston. And first of all, that starts off very odd. I didn't find a whole lot about these two victims, unfortunately. But when I read that they were with a 14 and 15 year old with, or with a 22 year old companion, I thought, okay, first of all, that's a red flag. And then second of all, he or she didn't even claim the gender. Dropped them off at a motel on Old Spanish Trail. All of it just seems very odd that they went to a nightclub and then they were at a hotel. And what's sad, and of course, because the whole reason that those things are red flags is February 1996, their bodies were discovered in a rural lot near Cleveland, Texas. They both have been shot to death. And because 
Different types of bullets were found at the scene. Police think that it was two different assailants who were responsible for the young girl's deaths. Their case has sadly gone unsolved, and they never got close to catching who did it. And a big part of that is because more murders kept happening. The following month on March 5th, 1996, 13-year-old Crystal Baker and her grandmother had a heated argument and young Crystal stormed out of the house in anger. Witnesses say she was last seen talking on a convenience store payphone, apologizing to her mother on the phone for the argument and asking for someone to come pick her up. And it was around that time that a monster appeared from around the gloom. He picked up Crystal from said store He kidnapped her, raped her, and strangled her to death and dumped her body over the I-10 Trinity River Bridge. And that case went unsolved for decades. You often hear about the dangers of the night, men lurking in the shadows waiting to snatch up young girls. But in the case of Laura Smither, it was in the light of day that she was snatched up while embarking on a morning jog in her neighborhood of Friendswood, Texas. Young Laura was missing for 17 days until a father and son out for a walk finally found her body by a pond 12 miles north of town. There, submerged in the marsh, they found her unclothed. She had been murdered. The brutality of her death shocked the community that was known to be Mayberry safe, mostly because Laura Smither was only 12 years old. And lastly, there's budding actress 17-year-old Jessica Kane. On August 17, 1997, the Tiki Island teen left her job at a local restaurant, never to be seen again. Her truck was found abandoned along I-45 with her wallet still inside of it. Volunteers searched for weeks with no sign of her. Family went without answers to what happened for over two decades. All of these victims should have had long, beautiful lives. Instead, what exists is heartache and immense sadness that their family and friends have come to endure. And still, out there, living in the same twirling moon as all of us, there's a killer on the road. Someone without a conscience, someone with the darkest of souls, watching, waiting, holding his hot breath in, ready to strike his next victim, living and lurking in one of the deadliest decades, the 1990s. What we all wondered was, who was he? Back to 1990s, the deadliest decade. In the 1990s in Texas, the oil business was booming again. And at the center of all that shining grand prosperity was Houston, Texas. It was a hard fought battle to get us there. The 1980s oil glute almost broke us. After the oil glue ended, though, around April 1990, we regained the 200,000 jobs our economy lost, and we learned what it meant to come together and to survive, what Clutch City does best. Or at least we'd like to think we do. Having the right address in greater Houston area means everything. Good schools, good neighbors, and most of all, safety. Southeast of Houston, places like Clear Lake, Webster, Dickinson, League City, these were all towns that were deemed safe. Like I said, Mayberry safe. But of course we understand safety is only an illusion. 
In Texas and in our area, the 1990s also kicked off as being known as one of the deadliest decades. In each city, violent crime stood out, a bleeding sore on our thick southern skin. And in Houston, by the end of October 1991, there were over 500 murders and violent crime was up 19.2% compared to the year prior. A photographer by the name of Stephen Shames followed homicide detectives with the Houston Police Department for 21 days, chronicling the violence that occurred in the city. He sought out in those 21 days to show the brutality and randomness of violent crime that can occur in just a short amount of time. And Houston did not disappoint. During the 21 days he followed them, there were 39 murders. And you can see his project if you go to my website, stephenshames.com backslash projects backslash homicide. But I have that if you go to www.crudax.com and you check out my blogs and you check out the one in the Texas Killing Fields Part 3, I have a link that takes you to it. The media took their opportunity to capitalize on the ratings as well. Stations like Channel 13, Eyewitness News, featured segments that ran reports on the violence that was ensuing. Crime coverage became more in-depth, personal, and even emotional. And with the realistic approach, people's opinions of the coverage were very controversial, with depictions of violence that scared the viewers into a great vat of worry for themselves and for their fellow Houstonians, and mostly for their children. People didn't know if that was the right move, if that's something like you should showcase it to show people what's going on, or are you doing it to scare people? I mean, honestly, if you think about it, like, what good is fear? Fear does serve a certain amount of good. From a physical perspective, it's a, it's a universal biochemical response that we experience fear to keep ourselves in check as a way to know if our physical body is safe in the environment that we're in. When we experience fear, we know whether or not we are at risk. A threat stimulus you know, being like prey to a predator triggers a fear response which activates areas of the brain involved in preparation for motor functions involved in fight or flight. And I think, gosh, whenever you're in a situation where those things are heightened, it really causes that tingly sensation throughout your body and it causes a lot of anxiety. And now in this current climate that we're in, Russia just attacked the Ukraine. My heart goes out to the people who are out there. I'm kind of sidestepping here, but it's kind of hard not to with what we're seeing on the news. We stand with you. I stand with you, Ukraine. Just understand that we are all with you. So going back to the fight or flight, with the men that I'm about to tell you about and the fact that these men were out on the streets, fear and precaution could very well save your life. So yes, there are big things happening over in other countries, but also here, we do also have to stay, especially as women, we do have to be careful and know our surroundings, especially when we're out at night. When it comes to killers, always be cautious out there. Don't go off with strangers. I think that's a big part of the lesson of the Texas killing fields, especially if you're a young person out there. You could very well fall into the traps of someone like the following men. And these are the guys that I'm going to tell you about. And one of them is Kevin Edison Smith. The other is William Lewis Reese. And the women and young girls who have come to meet them do not have the opportunity to live to tell us about them. So for good measure, let me tell you about them. 
Act Three, The Killers We Fear. When Crystal Baker was at that payphone on that dreadful evening she disappeared, she was accosted and likewise picked up by a man who said he would give her a ride home. But instead, he beat her, sexually assaulted her, strangled her, and dumped her body under the Trinity River Bridge. Who is he and how is he caught is the question, right? Well, years later, a Chambers County Sheriff's officer took Crystal Baker's dress that she wore the day she was murdered out from a dusty evidence box that had been in storage for years and he resubmitted it for analysis. And after he did, new technology detected a semen stain that provided a DNA specimen that matched another specimen collected from a man convicted of a minor drug arrest in Louisiana in 2010. That man was none other than Kevin Edison Smith. Kevin Edison Smith was a graduate from Ball High School. At the time of the 1996-1997 murders, he was a pipe welder who lived in Texas City, Texas. Smith led a transient life drifting from one job to the next and likewise lived one town to the next, which made it harder for them to pin him down. When they finally caught him and arrested him, it didn't take long for him to spill what he had done. In a taped confession, Kevin Edison Smith admitted he gave Crystal Baker a ride. He then choked her with a leather strap when she started, quote, freaking out on him. He was convicted in April 2012 the Chambers County jury began deliberating at about 10 a.m. Thursday and reached their decision by 10.30 a.m., convicting Smith of capital murder, and he received an automatic life sentence. Prosecutors said they did not seek the death penalty because they wanted to talk to Smith about the remaining unsolved murders. Investigators say he may have had involvement with other unsolved cases of missing or murdered girls along the I-45 corridor of Houston, dubbed the Texas Killing Fields. Over the past 13 years, there are records of Smith living and working in 17 different cities in four different states, Texas, Louisiana, Arizona, and North Carolina, and police are investigating whether he has any connection to crimes in those areas. We're just glad that the man is behind bars and can commit no further harm. There are a couple of murders, though, that we know Smith is not guilty of committing. That's because someone else has been caught, tried, and convicted for committing them. That man's name is William Lewis Reese. And this guy's really terrible. Born July 1st, 1959, Reese grew up in Oklahoma and was convicted of kidnapping and assaulting his first known victim in 1987. She was a University of Oklahoma student who managed to escape after persuading him to let her use the restroom. He abducted another young woman and was finally caught and he spent almost the next 10 years in prison for the crimes until he was released on October 5th, 1996. Unfortunately, the prison stint did nothing to stop him from committing further atrocities. After being released, Reese then moved to Houston in 1997 and worked as a bulldozer driver at a housing project. 
It was there he continued his reign of terror. We're only now discovering all the crimes he committed. The way they finally caught him was a failed abduction attempt of a girl named Sandra Saypaw, who he abducted from the freeway while she was trying to change a flat tire. After he took her, she fought and managed to escape him by jumping from the moving vehicle on the busy I-45 freeway. It's a miracle she even survived the jump. She went directly to the police, and they then tracked down Reese and arrested him five months later. Come to find out, after further digging into the man, they discovered that they had caught themselves a monster. Authorities now suspect him in a series of crimes from 1996 and 97. He is the primary suspect in at least two of the Texas Killing Field I-45 murders. Though he has not confessed, it is believed he abducted and killed Laura Smither. In February 2016, he took investigators to a field on East Orem Drive in Southeast Houston, a dig site not far from Hobby Airport. Investigators spent weeks sifting through the site, including tearing down a barn on the property. In March 2016, human remains were finally found. The Harris County Medical Examiners confirmed the bones were positively identified as Jessica King. Not far from there on 288 and County Road 51, they found the remains of Kelly Cox, a University of North Texas woman who went missing nearly two decades ago from Denton, Texas. William Reese is responsible for both murders and awaiting trial for them. And that brings us to his trial in Oklahoma in 2021. Before William Reese made his way to the Houston area, he abducted a girl named Tiffany Johnston from the Sunshine Car Wash in Bethany, Oklahoma, where he raped and murdered her. Advancements in DNA testing connected him to Johnson's murder, and the state of Oklahoma sentenced him to death. The goal now of everyone involved is to discover all of his atrocities before he is sent off for his final judgment. Could he be guilty of more? Could Kevin Edison Smith be? Now that we have more names of the suspects of the Texas killing fields, will that snowball into discovering more? What can we do now to help solve these unsolved cases? And more importantly, have the murders really let up? How long do we have before more bodies show up in the Texas killing fields? Screams in the distance and fields of towns not so far away. Are you listening? The 1970s, 1980s, and 1990s proved to be tough years. And the Texas Killing Fields, you can go and see these places for yourself. They are still desolate. They are still cold. And they are still forgotten little areas that are the perfect dumping ground for serial killers. So hopefully, with who has been caught and with who is in prison now, whether they be uh, Mark Stalling, whether they be Kevin Edison Smith, all these men that have done all these horrible things, with all of them locked up, hopefully there won't be a part four of the Texas Killing Fields. Until then, stay tuned. And thank you for listening to Crude Axe, Murdered in Old Town. 
I'm Jen Schaefer. I'm writer and creator of this podcast. And we've got Russell Dunlap and Amy Dunlap as executive producers. Our intro song is by Two Star Symphony. You can check them out on the web. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>